0: Podcast Help Desk number 76 for January 22nd, 2016. The Podcast Help Desk is where we go deep into the technology of podcasting, help you with the problems you may run into, and when we have a chance, review new gadgets, services, and solutions for podcasters. To keep your podcast running smoothly, it takes some tech. That's what Podcast Help Desk is here for. To smooth out the geek speak and put it in more or less plain English. The main audience for this podcast is those who have podcasts and want to tweak the tech to get better sound, a better website, a more reliable feed, or a more streamlined workflow. Also, for podcasting beginners that don't want to make all the mistakes themselves. Here's your host, Mike Dell. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. This is Mike, and you are listening to Podcast Help Desk. And I wasn't really meaning to continue the beginner series, but this uh, last few days I've got a lot of questions about RSS feeds that are rather basic in nature. So I thought, why not? We'll throw in an episode about, you know, what exactly is an RSS feed and why is it important for uh, podcasters you know that's one of the big things that us podcast teachers or however you want to put it uh, those of us who uh, try to teach people about podcasting talk about a lot is rss so anyway we're going to get to that after this little bit about podster magazine it's a new magazine this is the news section a new magazine out there about podcasting and it's all digital it's uh well, let's see it comes from shelf media uh jen thorpe over at uh, podcaster news wrote an article about it but it's kind of interesting uh they seem to you know be coming right out of the box with uh, a lot about you know some of the uh, npr style podcasts you know like uh, reply all from gimlet and and, but they had some other interesting articles in there. It's uh, definitely worth checking out. I'll have a link in the show notes to Jen's article and to Podster magazine. That kind of joins uh, the other couple of magazines out there. Uh, one that I can think up of off the top of my head is uh, Pottertainment. It's done by uh, Gary down there in uh, Texas. And that one's been around a while. It's an iOS uh, only, I think, uh, magazine, a uh, pottertainment, but uh, this one's new and it's uh, all digital. So go check it out and uh, let me know what you think. Uh, you know, their first episode was pretty cool, and and uh, Blueberry even had an ad in it. So <laughs> quite quite interesting uh, that somebody's starting a magazine, and they'll probably never print an issue of it. So what exactly is an RSS feed? Well, the simple explanation of an RSS feed is it's a file that is served when a client, a software, or a person, or a web browser, or whatever, asks for it. And it's served off of your website ideally. Uh, Can be served off of other websites, but it's basically served from a website. And it came from blogging, uh, mainly. It was, uh, well, let's see, uh, uh, Wikipedia, you know, the source of all knowledge, says it stood for Rich Site Summary, which I guess is an accurate description, but not what I always heard. I always heard it was really simple syndication. And basically it's a computer-coded thing, you know, that that's the thing about RSS, it's not meant for humans to look at. So when you go to your RSS feed in a typical web browser, it just shows as a bunch of coded uh, text, you know, there's some tags and some of this and some of that and you know, there's some words that you can actually read in it and and all that, but it's not meant to be viewed by humans. It's meant to be read by machines. And all those little tags and stuff tell the machines and the software, what to do with that block of text. And each reader, you know, this is talking about, uh, you know, for text only, each reader decides what it's going to do with the tags and what it, you know, how it's going to show things. So you can't in an RSS feed say, well, I only want Arial font and I want this to be bold and I want that to be whatever. I mean, you can say that, but it's not going to influence how the reader uh, renders that. So, you know, an RSS reader of sorts, uh, you know, Google Reader used to be one. Uh, There's several of them out there, Feedly and and all that, just for text RSS reading. And they format it how they want to format it. So, you know, you write your article on your blog and you're using Arial font, and they decide they want to use Times New Roman on uh, Feedly, or whatever they use, uh, they're going to switch it to it because the RSS feed doesn't have that formatting, formatting information in there. It just has tags. you know. So if you put an image in your blog post, it's going to have a tag and a link to that image, but that image might not show where you want it to show, or it might not show at all depending on what the reader or the software, the feed reader, that decides to do with that. Well, When podcasting come along, they added a new spec, so RSS2. And the new spec also allowed attachments, or what they call enclosures, and that was kind of the birth of podcasting. Well, it is the birth of podcasting, it's just they weren't even calling it podcasting at that time. That was coming along later, and... You know, we'll talk about the history of podcasting at some point, but your RSS feed for your podcast has a lot of tags in it as well, and it has extra tags over and above what the the just text only RSS feed would have. It has enclosure tags. It has title tags for the enclosure or for the you know. Well, you got title tags in in a regular text feed too, so and that's like your headline. Well, podcasting and blogging are almost the same, you know, it's, it's, that's what I was trying to get at is, you know, if you understand blogging, podcasting is the same. So, you know, to have a podcast episode, you have to make a blog post and that blog post, and it may not be called a blog post on whatever service you're using, but you know, if you're doing it the way I do it, you make a blog post on your WordPress site. And then in the podcast episode box, you put your enclosure or your MP3 or your media if you're doing video or even to PDFs. Or I think you can do uh, EPUB now, at least through iTunes. I'm sure other readers will handle EPUB. But, you know, podcasting is basically sending a file via an RSS feed. And. I guess that's the, the simplest way to put it. It You know, you don't need to worry about whether you can read that feed. you got to worry about whether the machines and the software that you're sending that to can read that file. And that's why I always recommend, you know, setting it up using PowerPress, which adds all those extra little fiddly bits in there to make iTunes and other podcatchers and apps read it correctly. So why is RSS feed so important for your podcast? I'm going to use an analogy. I'm also into radio, and you can think of an RSS feed as your radio station's transmitter frequency. You know, the transmitter itself would be, say, the web server, and the transmitter frequency would be your RSS feed address and your RSS feed. So, say you're on 95 point, or 97.5 FM, as one of the radio stations around here that I'm on periodically is, and on 97.5, people tune their radios to 97.5, and then they hear the broadcast, what is going on on the transmitter at that time. RSS feeds very much like that for podcasts. It's where people and apps and podcatcher software tune to hear your, hear your uh, episodes or download them. Mainly They don't actually hear them through the RSS feed. They just get pointed to where the file sits out on the web so that it can be downloaded or streamed or however it's going to be consumed. But, uh, you know, without the transmitter working right, you know, if the transmitter is glitching and not uh, not doing things the way it should, it's going to make it p- hard for people to hear your radio station. Well, without a good, efficient RSS feed, your podcast you know, will not be heard or downloaded the way it should. And, you know, even if you do have a, a working RSS feed that doesn't have all the extra tags in it, it's going to be really hard for people people to find it or to understand it or you know all that just it makes it so that the software can't download your episodes as easily or efficiently as it should and it doesn't include all the extra information that you put in there like your album art and your uh, you know the actual title of the show and and there's a lot of stuff in there for uh, seo that you want to have in there and You know, in different platforms, just like with the feed readers, different podcast apps and platforms read different parts of your feed and use it differently. For instance, in iTunes, the artwork that you set for your iTunes image, the iTunes image tag, is what's used on iTunes. But yet it's the RSS2 image that's used in some other applications. Uh, Same thing with the the uh, body of of what you see in the, as far as text. Uh, there's three different places to put text. You can have an iTunes summary, which only really works in iTunes. You can have what's called content encoded, which is basically the text of your blog post that goes along with your episode. And I think there's a third one in there, but I'm drawing a blank right now. But, you know, the, the different applications use different things. And then, you know, some of them can use any one of the three, just they do them in different order. Uh, For instance, iTunes desktop software uses content encoded. Or is it the other way around? No, it's the other way around. The iTunes desktop software uses the iTunes summary tag first, then content encoded, and then whatever the third one was. And I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank, but I don't want to start over, so... (laughs) Just trust me, there's three and and then the iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app uses content encoded first, which basically renders the other two not useful because you're always going to have something in the content encoded, which is your blog post, so you know you can't really change that yet now they're you know they may be tweaking their software but, and different applications are different. You know, like, uh, you know, Pocket Cast may use the iTunes Summary, or it might use, you know, something else. You know, who knows? And other podcatchers have, you know, they they can add tags to the specification. So, you know, like the upcoming uh, Google Play. Google Play has some of their own tags now. You know, tags that weren't in the... uh, iTunes specification or the just plain old RSS 2 specification. So they've added some to it. And if you use PowerPress or Lipson or probably several others, but I know Lipson and PowerPress both have the uh, Google Play tags available. And I think Lipson even has the, the whole separate feed for Google Play, which you know, I guess I don't see why you would want to do that. You know, one feed for all. So what I always say, but hey, whatever. So if you, f- you know, fill out that information in uh, PowerPress, you know, when Google Play comes online, you'll have all that stuff in there that you need in your RSS feed. But, you know, taking the transmitter analogy again, you know, there, that's where radio and RSS sort of diverge. There is a difference. Your content on a transmitter, you got to be there. You know, to listen to it. Or your listeners have to be there to listen to it when it happens. Because it's transmitted and then it's gone. Well, it's not gone. It's flying out into space at the speed of light. You know, so somebody on Alpha Centauri can listen to it and I don't know, however many years it takes to get there. I forget how close Alpha Centauri is, but you get the idea. But the transmitter, you know, it's there and it's gone. You know, yeah, they record it. And smart radio stations also put uh, out podcasts or archives, sometimes it's podcasts and sometimes it's just audio on a website. All depends whether they have the RSS feed. But on uh, podcasting, the RSS feed is sort of like a DVR. You know, if you set your DVR to watch NCIS on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock, and it records that, and then uh, Thursday afternoon you want to watch NCIS, you go to Your list of shows that you've recorded in your DVR and you play NCIS, even though it's not Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Well, the podcast, there really isn't, most of the time, a live component to it. Some podcasts do record live, but for the most part, their vast majority of their audience gets it via the RSS feed, via an app. You know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of users don't even know that it's RSS. They just know that, hey, you know, when something new happens, it shows up in this app. And that's great. That's, a, that's what we want to make it. But RSS feed's very, very, very important. And you should really take it seriously, and you should take ownership of that very seriously. And I know I pounded on that, but, you know, as a new podcaster, since you're probably listening to the beginner series here, uh, you know, it is very, very important that you remain in control of your RSS feed. Now, control does take a little bit of extra education. And that's what I'm here to do. I'll help you out. You know, we get into the minutiae on the uh, regular episodes on uh, tweaking this or tweaking that in an RSS feed and, you know, different strategies you can use. And, you know, sometimes an RSS feed breaks. If you own your own RSS feed, you got to know how to troubleshoot that. And, you know, it's not super hard. A uh, friend of mine, Dave Jackson, I mention him a lot, uh, says that you either pay in time or money. Well, that's the same thing here. You know, you can, you can say to someone, you know, if, you, if you're not owning your own RSS feed and they're taking care of it for you, you say, hey, my RSS feed's broke, fix it. And you pay money for that. But if you learn just a little bit, not, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. It's, you know, it's computer science in a way, but it's not super complicated. And with the tools out there, such as PowerPress, it's not super hard to maintain your RSS feed. You just have to sort of pay attention. And next week, next week's episode, I, I'm going to go through kind of my list again of what I do when I post an episode. Kind of kind of revise the checklist I did you know, probably eight, 10 months ago because I have revised my workflow. So I'm going to go through the whole workflow thing, and that won't be a, a beginner series episode. It'll just be a regular episode. So in 77 next week, uh, we'll go through my workflow from start to finish on doing a podcast episode. But suffice it to say, RSS is very important. You don't need to know exactly how it all works. You just need to know that it does and that, you know, using the tools such as PowerPress available, you can you know, you can, you can maintain an RSS feed and there's lots of places you can read up on all the minutiae about it. Of course, the create.blueberry.com site's very good for that. And there's other, other places, other, you know, articles, you know, even read the article on Wikipedia about RSS. Now, you know, it does get kind of geeky and goes into the history and all that stuff, but it'll give you a pretty good idea of what, uh, RSS is all about. And like I said, if you're podcasting, you do have an RSS feed. If you don't have an RSS feed, you're not podcasting. And that brings us to the end of the show. And I didn't I don't have a blueberry tip of the week other than I have noticed a lot of people and I keep saying this over and over, I think I've beat it to death, but a lot of people aren't updating their WordPress and are not updating their plugins. And really, 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 really need to update your PowerPress, update your WordPress, update all your plugins that you're using actively. And if you're not actively using them, turn them off and delete them. You know, keep your uh, WordPress site clean. the cleaner, the better. And the less plugins you can get away with, the the better in most cases. But that's just my opinion. But I've ran into that a lot in the last couple of weeks. Is, you know, I I get on somebody's site to, you know, for a consulting call and they have, you know, PowerPress 6.0.1 and they got WordPress, you know, 4. whatever, you know, some, some, you know, way back version of both things plus all their other plugins they got 20 plugins that, that need to be updated and they say well yeah my, my webmaster takes care of that you know just in case there's a conflict well yeah there might be conflicts in there but i'll tell you what's the worst conflict is when they update wordpress you know when it's not a major update so you, you know like they just put out 4.1 i believe i think that's the current one not too long after that they came out with 4.1.1 and the reason they did the .1, of course, is uh, you know some bugs or whatever. But they you know they don't release new features in, you know the, the point releases like that. What they do is they're plugging holes. So apparently there was some sort of security hole in 4.1, and so they fix that security hole in 4.1.1. And we do that same thing with PowerPress. Maybe not for security. We you know haven't had too much in the security realm, but you know we have some bugs we need to fix. But the thing is, if it's a security bug with WordPress, somebody knows about it. And the hackers, when, when a, new, ep, a new, uh, new episode, a new <laughs> version of WordPress comes out, the hackers look and see, okay, what did they change? Oh, well, hey, there's the hole in the old version. So let's go hit up a bunch of WordPress sites and see if we can hack in using this, this hole that uh, WordPress just plugged. So it's like a big neon billboard for hackers and and crackers and whoever else that you know want to get in there and take control of your WordPress site. It leaves them a hole and and now, you know, when when WordPress puts out a new version, they notice that hey, something's new. There's a hole, we better go check it out. And a fair number of them do, and then they start scanning all the all the WordPress sites and they find some that aren't patched yet that haven't been updated and that's that's how you get hacked and there's nothing more annoying to somebody that's running a wordpress site than to go to your wordpress site and there's extra stuff in it a lot of times they like to throw you know viagra ads or or whatever in the rss feed and a lot of times that'll break the rss feed so you know you, you just i mean there's just all kinds of stuff like that that you really 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 want to keep up to date. So I I just want to reiterate, keep your stuff up to date. Keep your WordPress up to date when there's a new update. In fact, if you can turn on automatic updates on everything, turn on automatic updates. I don't know as all the plugins you can do that, but you can definitely do that with WordPress. And then, you know, go in there and check your plugins every so often and make sure that they aren't, uh, you know, make sure that you don't have any updates and same thing with themes. You know, if your theme gets updated, that means there must've been a hole or a bug in that theme and you better update that theme. And if you got a bunch of extra themes laying around, I always keep one of the, you know, on sites that don't run the, the stock WordPress themes. Uh, I always keep at least one copy of like 2014 or 2016, 2015, one of the stock themes, but then I get rid of all the other themes. Because, you know, why have extra stuff? So, you know, keep it clean and keep it up to date. So, there's my public service message for the week. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to start getting back into regular episodes here, uh, you know, soon. And really could use your feedback. If you got questions, you got uh, comments, uh, you got some news uh, items about podcasting you want me to look into and cover, uh, or a new gadget or a new. Uh, service out there that you want me to take a look at, you know, drop me a line, Podcast Helpdesk at gmail.com, or if you go to the episode post, uh, you'll have, there's the uh, speak pipe, leave a voicemail tab there on the site, you can record it right with the same setup that you record your podcast with, assuming it's hooked to your computer. Or you can use your phone, you can record a, a voicemail and email it to me, like I said, podcasthelpdesk at gmail.com and uh, also Twitter, you know, at podcasthelpdesk, I uh, use the tag pound or was it hashtag? There we go. it got to be cool now. It's a pound sign, but the uh, hashtag podcast help desk and I'll see it. And uh, I can answer your question that way. So, you know, more the more feedback, the better. Of course, support the show. Uh, any services you want over at blueberry.com, use my promo code help. A podcast help desk no see i even forgot my promo code it's help desk help desk also no bs still works and uh, it's kind of funny i I noticed after i started this beginner series that uh, i put bs at the end of (laughs) of the episode number (laughs) and uh, i'm in the process of writing that book no bs guide to podcasting so (laughs) I guess there's some BS in the beginner series, but that's what it stands for beginner series, so there you go and another lighthearted thing, uh, Paul Culligan took a break and uh, since I put out this beginner series I've caught up to him, so uh, we are now both on episode 76, so hopefully I can keep up with him he's over at thepodcastreport.com and uh, he takes a a 30,000 foot view of podcasting and uh, It's a really good show, and Paul's a good guy. So uh, go check that out. Till next week, catch me later. Thanks for listening to the Podcast Help Desk. If you would like Mike to answer your question on the show, email podcasthelpdesk at gmail.com, or better yet, record a voice message at podcasthelpdesk.com. See you next time.